<laughs> Y'all can be seated. Glad you are here tonight. We are going to talk about um, one of my favorite subjects. We are going to talk about the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. How many in the house have already been filled with the Holy Ghost and fire with the evidence of speaking in other tongues? Well, there are some here tonight that have not, but you will tonight if you want to. He is in our midst and he is going to fill every hungry heart. That's just how he operates. You know, we've been asked many times. I've been asked this question. Well, do you have to speak in tongues to be saved? Well, of course the answer is no. Do you have to speak in tongues to go to heaven? Again, the answer is no. But my response is always, why wouldn't you want everything that Jesus has provided for us. It's not a have to kind of thing. It's a get to. We get to be filled with the fullness of God. We get the ability to have be endued with power from on high. I was thinking about this message and I believe the Holy Spirit gave me a good illustration so we could just kind of See what happens when the power of God comes into our life. PT, you can come on over. Don't be shy. I'll go over here. Let's say you were given the task of mowing five acres of really tall grass. And and, uh, you had the choice. You had hand hedge clippers to go out there and do it with. That might take you a while. It might take you so long to do it with the little hand clip, hand clipper thing that by the time you got done, you'd have to start all over again because the grass would have grown again. It would take a long time. Or somebody might give you a little push mower. And that's a little better. You could get it done a little bit quicker. But the best way to mow five acres of tall grass is to get a powerful John Deere, I like John Deere tractors, John Deere riding lawnmower. And it's going to get done, snap just like that, no sweat. It's over. The job is done. What made the difference? The difference was the equipment and the difference was the power under the hood. John Deere's got a lot of power. Well, tonight I submit to you that Jesus has provided the power and the equipment for us to get the job done quicker, faster, and more efficient. Hallelujah. And that power and that equipping is the baptism of the Holy Spirit. He didn't just give us a little power. It's not one of these a little dab old do you. We have been endued. We've been empowered with heaven's great helper. I love to refer to the Holy Spirit as our heavenly helper. We won't look at all those scriptures over in John, but if you want to, you could go over like in John chapter 14, John chapter 15, and particularly in the Amplified, it tells us some of the functions of the Holy Spirit. He has been sent to be our helper, to be our teacher, to be our guide, to be our strengthener, to be our standby, hallelujah, to be our intercessor, to be our comforter. He's all these things. In the life of the believer. So Jesus, before he left this earth, he told his disciples he was going to send the Holy Spirit. 
And then after he died and rose again, you do know that after he died and he rose again over a 40 day period of time, he appeared to his disciples numerous times and he gave them vital instruction. The first time after he had risen from the dead that he appeared to them was found over in Mark chapter 16. And we want to look at this. The course in Mark chapter 16, the beginning of the chapter, you'll see it's the account of the resurrection. He appeared to Mary Magdalene. Then he goes on and he, he appears to the disciples. And then the last part of Mark chapter 16 is known to us as the Great Commission. Jesus had just risen. And then let's pick it up here in verse 15. And he said to them, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. I find it interesting that it says creature. Have you ever met some odd creatures? Have you ever met some strange characters? Some people that you're like, whoa, that's a little different. Well, hey, every creature, every creation, every oddity qualifies as someone that needs to have the gospel preached to them. And in our English language, the word God, two-thirds of his name is go. I don't you know that there was some spizzerinkdom, isn't that a word? On that day, he had just risen from the dead and all of a sudden he shows up in the midst of the disciples. And he says, okay, I'm going to the Father, but I'm going to tell you something. You are going to the world and you are going to preach this gospel message to every creature. Then he goes on and he tells him in verse 16, he who believes and is baptized will be saved, but he who does not believe will be condemned. And these signs shall follow those who believe. How many in here tonight are believers? You have confessed Jesus as your Lord and your Savior. You are a believer. And if you are a believer, these things should be happening in our life. These signs shall follow them who believe in my name. They shall cast out demons. We don't go looking for them, but we do not have to be afraid of the devil and his evil influence a few years ago i was going to, and speaking of it was like in a, a succession there going to several different women's meetings and three times in a row there was demonic activity right when i was preaching one was at a little hotel in minnesota nobody else could see what was going on but while i was preaching this girl now I, I, god is my witness she literally began to what do they call it levitate lift up off of the floor And I was like, well, that's kind of interesting. You know, I'm preaching along. Nobody else can see it. But you know what? I just stopped and said, in the name of Jesus, I take authority over any kind of demonic influence or disturbance in this service. Went back down in her chair afterwards. Of course, I got the pastor's wife. We had a little session and a little talk with the devil. And guess who won? God. Hallelujah. Another time I was down at Pastor Bayless and Janet Conley's. It was that not very long after that. Going down the road praying for people to get saved, be filled with the Holy Spirit. And this person started talking to me 
in a strange voice. It was a strange creature for sure. She looked normal, but the voice was not normal. And I looked at Janet and we're like, oh, that's interesting. So I start to lay hands on her. She darted out of the church screaming, didn't want me to touch her. I said, go get her. They went and drug her back in. She didn't want to come in. We cast the devil out of her. So I wasn't looking for the devil, but if he shows up, don't run as in terror. He's the one that's supposed to run as in terror because Jesus said, I'm giving you authority. You are my believers. You are my followers. Whatever you saw me do, you can do. You can do this. You can cast out devils. If they show up, you will speak with new tongues. You will take up serpents. And if you drink any deadly thing, it will not hurt you. You will lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. Hallelujah. We have authority over any kind of sickness and or or disease in the name of Jesus. Now, I find it interesting. He put in there, if you take up any serpents or drink any deadly thing, they will not hurt you. There is a group of people, and excuse me if you have any relatives in that, but this is so stupid and out of context. We were watching a TV special not too long ago. And I was like, seriously? Back in the hills of Tennessee and all the, I don't know, West Virginia somewhere. Snake handlers in the name of the Lord. They had this big old basket. And they were, you know, they working themselves up in a frenzy. And then if they had the spirit moving, supposedly they were supposed to be able to handle snakes. Don't watch it, PT. You faint. It was awful. Anyhow. <laughs> but the sad thing was, right next to the church was this huge graveyard. I guess the people that didn't believe enough got bit and they were over in the graveyard. That's not what this verse means. It's not telling us to go handle snakes any more than it's telling us to go drink strychnine. I'd like to write those people. Well, okay, if you think that verse literally means that we're supposed to handle snakes, why don't you pass the poison around and drink it? It's in the same verse. No, but what it is saying, it's in there to let us know that Jesus has given us his believers power over any work of the devil. If anything tries to harm you, if you are in the backwoods or, or if you're like, who was it? Paul. <clears throat> was it Paul? That was stranded on the island and that serpent bit him. What did he do? He shook it off in the fire. So if one shows up, shake it off. It has no power to hurt you or to harm you. But this one part that Jesus said here, I love this. He said, you're going to speak with new tongues. He's getting them ready again. Right before he left in John, he starts telling them about the heavenly helper and the work of the Holy Spirit. Now he appears to them and he, one of the very first things he tells them is, you as a believer are going to speak in new tongues. He was referencing the outpouring of the Holy Spirit that was going to come a few days later in the upper room on the day of Pentecost. I think it's really interesting right there. If people would just see that, they would realize, wow, Jesus said, it's in red. Jesus said, we're supposed to speak 
with tongues. This verse, that phrase alone gives a high premium to the value of speaking in our heavenly language. Speaking in other tongues. How many of you trust Jesus? How many of you believe that he gives good gifts to his children? This is kind of another myth about some people not being wanting to be filled with the Holy Spirit and speak in other tongues. I've heard this one. Well, how do I know? If I ask him for the Holy Spirit, how do I know? I'm not going to get a wrong spirit. How do I know that what I start saying is really the Holy Spirit and not an evil spirit? Well, I'm glad you asked. Look over at Luke chapter 11. We're going to answer some questions tonight. We're building our case because there were quite a few hands that did not go up of being filled with the Spirit. So I want you to open your heart, not, not to me, but to the Word of God. If you see it in the Word, I know if you love Jesus, you're going to want to receive what He has. Amen? Luke chapter 11, verse 9. So I say to you, uh-oh, is that a demon? I rebuke you. No, no. <laughs> so I say to you, Ask, and it shall be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened to you. Is it Mike? Is that Mike on up there, maybe? Okay. All right, we're good. For everyone who asks, receives. And he who seeks, find. And to him who knocks, it will be opened. That right there, isn't that an awesome promise concerning that we can ask of him? We can make our requests known to him. And he said, ask, ask in faith, ask according to the word of God. And he said, ask and you shall receive, seek and you shall find. There are a lot of people that are seekers of the truth. Seekers of God. Maybe some of you, before you were born again, you were seeking God in all sorts of wrong places. Seeking Him in drugs or seeking Him in, in strange religions. And I don't know. It's different ways. But aren't you glad that you found the truth? Because your heart was hungry. Your heart desired to know Him. Because Father God, He is our Creator. He is the one who made us. And I believe it like this, that... Every single human being on the inside of us, there's something like a homing device that is placed. And that homing device is always looking, yearning, seeking after home. Seeking after him, our father, our heavenly father. Seek and you shall find, he said. And then he goes on, continuing with this thought, giving them more insight about being filled with the Holy Spirit. Verse 11, if a son asks for bread from any father among you, will he give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will he give him instead? Will he give him a serpent instead of a fish? Or if he asks for an egg, will he offer him a scorpion? If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more? Everybody say that with me. How much more? Oh, I like it. Say it again. How much more 
Our God is the God of the much, 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 much more. Hallelujah. And if we not, you know, we're, we're not perfect in our own self, even people that are not born again, they are not going to do what this says here. If their son comes and asks them for fish, are they going to give them a snake? He wants an egg. Are they going to hand him a scorpion? No, no parent in their right mind is going to mistreat their children that way. And he's pointing out here, well, I'm your heavenly father. And how much more will I give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? How much more? He wants to give you the much, much more. He wants to give us heaven's very best. All that heaven has to offer. Because he is a good father. Jesus is an awesome Lord and Savior. We just pointed out over in Mark chapter 16 that that was the first appearance to Jesus' disciples after he had been resurrected. Now we want to look at the last time he appeared to them before he left this earth for the final time. Acts chapter 1. This was the last appearance before his final ascension to the Father. And in this appearance, he gave them a command. In a previous appearance, he had told them, that instructed them to go to Jerusalem. So the 120 are gathered here in Jerusalem. And I love the fact in some places it says, including Peter. Isn't that awesome? Peter had denied the Lord. But when he told them to go to Jerusalem, he said, make sure that Peter knows. And another significant person that was there was Mary, the mother of Jesus. If you have friends or family that are Catholic and they're born again and they ask you questions about being filled with the Holy Spirit, this is a good way to minister to them. You can say, well, you believe in Mother Mary. Oh, yeah. They believe in Mother Mary. They love Mother Mary. So you can say, okay, you fought Mother Mary followed Jesus to the cross. You followed her to the cross. Mary Follow Jesus to the tomb, the empty tomb. You follow Jesus to the empty tomb. Well, as a believer, you need to continuing following the steps of Mary. Mary followed his instructions to the upper room too. Hallelujah. She was there. She was part of that 120 that got filled with the Holy Spirit. Now, these are Jesus' instructions. Acts chapter 1, verse 4. We're reading most of these passages out of the New King James. And being assembled together with them, he commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, you have heard of me. For John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. His instruction was, wait, don't leave Jerusalem without being baptized with the Holy Ghost and fire. Tonight, I'm exhorting you, if you're not yet filled, don't leave Heart of the Bay 
without being baptized with the Holy Ghost and fire. If you have spoken tongues, but it's gotten kind of weak and you've let things come in and you're not speaking in tongues regularly, don't leave heart of the bay without being stirred up. And the gift of the Spirit revitalized on the inside of you. Being filled to overflowing is the will of Jesus. Now let's look on down in verse 8. Now I want to look at this in the Amplified. Again, Jesus telling them what to expect from this experience. But you shall receive power, ability, efficiency, and might. When the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you shall be my witnesses in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and to the ends, the very bonds of the earth. Anybody in here tonight? Could you use some in your tank? Could you use some power? People long for power. People desire. They crave. They wish they had power. Over sin. Power over temptation. There are good people out there that they don't, they don't want to cheat on their mate. They don't want to do bad things, but they don't in themselves have the power to resist the temptation. But he's telling them, I'm going to give you power. Power to tread on serpents and scorpions. I'm giving you the power to be a bold witness. There are Christians that say things like that. I'm just too, too bashful. I'm just too quiet. I can't share my faith. Get filled with the Holy Ghost and you will be changed into another person. I've seen people that are so shy and so timid they can hardly talk to someone and the Holy Ghost comes upon them and they are all of a sudden they are outgoing all of a sudden they are bold there are a lot of preachers in the even that are called of God that in the natural they have reserved personalities they don't really like to talk in front of people but the Holy Ghost the Holy Ghost and power will come on you and change you into another person. We won't take time to look at it, but I mentioned that Peter, Jesus specifically said, make sure that Peter knows to go to the upper room. Peter, a few days before, was a denier. He couldn't share his testimony. He couldn't even witness to a 12-year-old girl. He could not even say that he knew the Lord. But one encounter, one dose of the Holy Ghost. And he's the one that stood up after they were filled. And he went out into the streets and he preached the gospel with boldness and 3,000 people were born again. That's pretty good for his first gospel crusade. Especially when a few days before he went from a denier and now he's a preacher and a prophesier. Don't think being filled with the Holy Spirit won't make a difference. It makes a difference in so many areas. Makes a difference in our witness. Makes a difference in our prayer life. People crave. People desire power to live an overcoming life. 
Even children know it's good to have power. It's good to be the strong one because the strong one wins in a wrestling match. The strong one always wins. They want to be the strong one. John just related to us this week. It was so precious. Lindy was out of town and she was flying in. And so he, him and Livy were sitting in a parking lot waiting for her plane to come in. And it's a big full moon and he's having a little talk with her. And she's like, Daddy, how did that moon get up there? He said, well, honey, you know, our father, God, put it there. God is so powerful. He put the moon up there. He put those stars up there. He made everything in the earth. He made you and he made me. Her eyes got big and she said, Daddy, I want that power. (laughs) She's four years old. I want that power. So he said, well, you know, we, we can't do what God does to that degree, but we can have his power on the inside of us. And they'd been talking to her about Jesus. So he told her a little bit more about, you know, God sent his son. He died for us. We ask him into our hearts. We have that power of God in us. That power. Sometimes she gets afraid. He said that power. So you won't have to be afraid. You won't have to be afraid of the dark. You won't have to be afraid to sleep in your own bed by yourself. And then he said, do you want to pray and ask Jesus? To come into your life and have that power. Oh, yes, Daddy. So he said this little prayer with her. And he said, Mom, I know she got it. Because afterwards she looked at him and she said, Daddy, that's awesome. (laughs) Jesus lives in me. Hallelujah. People desire the power that you and I, as believers, walk in or can walk in. Every day. Too often we take for granted this wonderful salvation. And when we, many times, if we've been filled with the Spirit for years and years and years, we take for granted who lives on the inside of us and the ability that He has empowered us with. This verse that we just read, it said, He will, He will, when He comes upon you, He's gonna, you're gonna receive power. Ability, efficiency, and might. The power and the ability, the efficiency, and the might to do mighty things. Mighty things in the kingdom of God. To pray and to pull strongholds down that have tried to set their themselves up over an area. To break the power of sickness and disease. To break the chains and the yokes that have bound the oppressed. We've got the ability. It's not in and of ourselves, but it's in Him. We need to know that we are in Him. And what Him has, we've got. We have got it. Hallelujah. Because he has given it to us. I love this scripture in Zechariah 4, 6. Sometimes I just quote the last part of it. But the very first of it spoke to me yesterday. So he answered and he said to me, this is the word of the Lord to Zerubbabel. And as I was reading that, I was picturing people that I figured would be here tonight. This 
is the word of the Lord to Maria. This is the word of the Lord to Reuben. This is the word of the Lord to Maureen. This is the word of the Lord to George. It's not going to be by your own might. Really, it should put, it should say there, not by your might. It's not by your power, but it is by the spirit of the Lord. Says who? The Lord of hosts. This is the word of the Lord to you. Put your own name in there. When you face something that's hard and difficult and you may not know what to do or how to deal with the situation, you may feel even weak in your physical body. You may feel maybe in your mind just confused. Don't receive that. Get out the Bible and say, okay, so he answered me. God will answer you, you know. Ask and you shall receive. Seek and you shall find. He will give you answers to life's questions. He will give you resolve to difficult situations. Put your own name in there. So he answered and he said, this is the word of the Lord to Chris. It's not by my own might. I might not know what to do in my own ability. It's not by my own power, my own ingenuity. It's not by what I think in my mind. But thank you, Lord, for your spirit. Thank you, Lord, for the spirit of might, spirit of understanding, spirit of wisdom. That comes on me and gives me the answers. There's a scripture. I wasn't going to read it, but I feel prompted to in Isaiah chapter 11, verse 2. This is what Isaiah said about the Holy Spirit. He is the spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him. The spirit of wisdom and understanding. The spirit of counsel and might. Woo! I like that. I don't like to feel weak. I don't like to feel hopeless or helpless or boxed in or feel confused. And I don't have to because he said, when the spirit of the Lord rests upon you, you have a spirit of wisdom, understanding. We can understand the day in which we live in. There's turmoil all around this world, all over the earth. But we can, when we see all that stuff happening, we don't have to be fearful. We don't have to be confused. We can say, I have understanding. I'm like the children of Issachar, that little bitty tribe. The Bible says they had understanding of the times in which they lived and they knew what they ought to do. That's a good thing to say too. I have understanding of the times and I know what I should do in every single situation. And we ought to speak it over our leaders. We prayed last week for our leaders, for our president. We ought to say that even though they may not be born again, we are declaring that the heart of the king is in the hand of the Lord and he's turning their hearts in the right direction. He's giving them understanding. He's giving them wisdom and they know what they ought to do in the name 
of Jesus. Anybody receive that? Oh, he's got so much, so much for us. And yet so often people are just satisfied. Well, I'm saved. I've got my fire insurance. I know I'm not going to hell. So I'm good with that. That is so selfish. Plus dumb. Anybody ever gone to an amazing buffet? I mean, I'm talking about amazing where it's got counter after counter and row after row. And you pay one price and you can eat all that you want. Well, you could go to that amazing buffet and eat crackers and fill up on crackers and maybe bread and walk away and say, I'm so full, full of crackers and bread. Or you could say, hey, I'm going to partake. There's prime rib. I don't want to make y'all hungry. There's prime rib. There's fried chicken. That's my favorite kind of buffet. There's fried chicken. There's mashed potatoes. There's gravy, not to mention the dessert bar. If you're smart, you're going to partake. Partake of what's been set before you. Pastor, this morning out of Psalms 23 in the message, he has prepared a six-course meal for us right in the presence of our enemies. The problem is too many folks aren't coming and eating. Or if they come up to the table, they say, I'll have a cracker. Listen, you don't have to eat crackers and cheese when he's provided a full spread. Partake of all that he's given us. The precious. How many of you esteem the baptism of the Holy Spirit as precious? Precious gift of the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Oh, he's precious. He's powerful. He's awesome, but he's also precious. He's also dear. He's also always with us hallelujah now we were talking about that power now let's look over the initial outpouring in acts chapter 2 jesus gave them instructions how many of you are going to follow jesus words you're going to do what he said we should do hallelujah acts chapter 2 verse 1 when the day of pentecost had fully come They were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from hell. See if you're awake. Sound from heaven. Small wars have been fought in the religious community over whether tongues are of the devil or tongues are from God. This sound did not come from hell. It came from heaven. Woo. By the way, if tongues were of the devil, you could drive over here to the hollow leg and hear everybody in there speaking in tongues. The bars would be full. The drug houses would be full. Because people that are full of the devil, they're going to have all that he is. So if tongues were of the devil... The sinners would be full of them. No, it was a sound from heaven. 
Amen. Woo. And it was as of a rushing mighty wind. And it filled. It filled. It filled the whole house. Didn't just fill the 120. It filled the house. Woo! I heard Brother Hagin years ago, our spiritual father, say, you know, it's something when people get filled with the Holy Ghost, and it is. But he said, just wait. In the last days, there's going to be such great outpourings. You wait till the whole house is filled and shaken under the power of God. The people were shaken. The people were on fire. But I submit to you that we are living in the day of greater power, greater glory, greater outpourings to the degree that the buildings of house shall be filled with the glory of the Lord, with the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. There have been cases already noted where fire departments have been called because above buildings there's been a glow it's looked like a flame and the fire department comes and there's no fire Woo! not a natural fire anyway Woo! hallelujah what did you think that there's this big glow above our building how many cars driving by on Hesperian would pull in here oh glory be to God signs and wonders in this day and in this hour the house was filled where they were sitting then there appeared to them divided tongues as a fire and one sat upon each of them and they were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. This is key right here. If you've not yet been filled and spoken with other tongues, I want you to see that phrase here. They began to speak. As the Spirit gave them utterance. People can't speak with their mouth closed. Some people come up to receive the Holy Spirit and they're like, I dare you, God, to make me speak. I'm not opening my mouth. If this is God, he's going to take my tongue. And he's gonna... No. They had to speak. The utterance comes from the inside. The power comes upon. But is our mouth. We have to open. And we have to yield. And then I like how it says tongues like as a fire. It was no little bitty candle flame above their heads. It was the fire from heaven. If it so filled that room, don't you know, that it came on those 120 and it consumed them from the top of their head to the soles of their feet. They were engulfed. They were embraced with the fiery wings of the Holy Spirit. Over in Malachi, it talks about then shall the son of righteousness arise with healing in his wings on that day. The Lord Jesus Christ in the form of the Holy Spirit came and each person was wrapped and engulfed with the fiery wings of the Holy Spirit from the top of their head to the soles of their feet. They were consumed 
with the power of God, with the fire of God to the degree that they stumbled out of that place out into the street. And they were so overwhelmed and so consumed by the baptism of the Holy Spirit that they were accused of being drunk. And by the way, God never does anything by accident. This outpouring was a moed. It was a fixed date. It was a time on God's calendar. It was the day of Pentecost. And the streets were full of people there for that feast day. So when they stumbled out into the streets, drunk in the Holy Ghost new wine, people stood up and took note. That's why Peter had a ready-made audience. Hallelujah. Filled to overflowing with the Holy Spirit. And I like that phrase that it says, tongues of fire sat upon each of them. I was preaching this one time and I won't do it tonight, but if, if she didn't care, I would. I would set on Marine. <laughs> My guest. <laughs> and when I sat on her, you know I'm here. Yeah, I do. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody sets on you, you're well aware yes, you of their presence. The Holy Ghost sat on them in a heavy and a weighty fashion. I submit to you tonight that the world deserves to see that the church has been sat on. We need to be sat on by the Holy Ghost. We need to be consumed with the fire of the Spirit. We need to be heavy and weighty with His presence. (laughs) The world needs to know. That's why He said one of the benefits of being filled, you shall be my witnesses. Witnesses, when you are set upon by the Holy Ghost power, you're going to go from that place different and you're going to get proof and evidence that God is God. Jesus is Lord and the Holy Spirit has filled you with power from on high. Amen. I think that's enough for tonight. Let's all stand for a moment here. Hallelujah. 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 Lord, we thank you. Thank you, Lord. We do not worship the Holy Spirit. He is our helper. We can thank him for moving in our midst, but we worship Jesus. Jesus is the baptizer of the Holy Spirit. He baptizes us with the Holy Ghost and fire. So we thank you, Lord Jesus. We thank you for sending this great, wonderful helper. This one that gives us aid and assistance. This one that empowers us. This one who helps us. This one who gives us utterance in prayer. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, now by the Father, now I do ask 
that the Holy Spirit would deal with the hearts of those in this congregation. If you are here and you have never been filled with the Holy Spirit, with the evidence of speaking in other tongues. I know there's many trains of thought there, but we followed the Bible. If the 120 on that initial outpouring, if they spoke in tongues and that was the initial evidence of being filled, then I believe we should have that same experience. So if you're here tonight and you've not yet had that wonderful experience, or perhaps you have been prayed for, but you haven't spoken fluently in tongues, I'm going to invite you to make your way to the front. There were people that did not raise their hands tonight for being filled. And we love you. We don't make anybody come. But why wouldn't you? Why wouldn't you want to be filled to overflowing with the Holy Spirit? So we're going to wait just a few moments and see if anyone responds. Because I know that you are here. If anyone responds. I'm going to just boldly tell you this. Because sometimes when I minister like this. The Holy Spirit prompts me to share this. I was filled with the Holy Ghost 48 years ago, last month, at a youth camp in the Arbuckle Mountains of southern Oklahoma. And from that time of being filled with the Holy Spirit, you know, I was 11 years old, so it wasn't like, you know, I'd gone out and committed a lot of great sins. But there was a lot of change in my life just from that experience as an 11 year old and since that time there's always been this thing on the inside of me that I've known how important it is for people to be filled with the Holy Spirit and then along with that even as a teenager I pray for my friends I pray for people and it was just like this tangible anointing was in my hands and I'm not glorifying me y'all know me y'all understand that but I'm just laying this out here in case you are here and you're hesitant to come. Maybe you've been prayed for before and you haven't spoken. There's an anointing here tonight. And I just sense that tangible anointing that's coming upon me right now to lay hands on you. And you will. On the authority of God's word, you will speak in tongues. And you will be filled to overflowing. So let's just wait just a few more minutes. You're ready, aren't you? You love Jesus with all of your heart. That's awesome. Praise God. The only criteria for being filled with the Holy Spirit is to be born again. Every one of you, have you ever asked Jesus into your heart? You love Jesus with all of your heart. You're washed in the blood of the Lamb. That's all that matters. So if we're born again, we can ask. And we don't have to be afraid that we're not going to get the right.